Welcome to Real Estate Talk with Mary Ellen, Karen, and Cecile, the CSJ team, brought to you by Alfont Wissahickon Realtors. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you find your podcast. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Today, we have Jay Kivitz with us from Kivitz and Kivitz PC, and Jay has been an attorney practicing law for 45 years in Philadelphia. And what is also so interesting is the fact that he is an associate broker. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Cecile. Uh, the reason I wanted to have you here is, um, again, we're going back to real estate. Real estate is one of our biggest assets. And I feel that being um, prepared about what will eventually happen will give us uh, peace of mind for the rest of our lives, which is let's have a will ready. So let's speak about wills. And could you tell me when should one think about having a will done? One should think about having a will done when one has assets that they've accumulated that will have to be disposed of when they pass away. If you don't have any assets, you really don't need a will. But at some point, you're going to be accumulating assets, whether it be bank accounts, whether it be real estate, uh, no matter what it is. And you're going to need to be able to dispose of it properly when you pass away. Right. So when a client comes to you and they want to have a will written, how does that work? What should they be bringing with them? So when they first come to see me, we just basically have a conversation um, which involves them telling me what their assets are, um, approximately what the value of their assets are, uh, what their debts are, and who are their heirs, whether it be a spouse and or children or grandchildren. And so I get a general idea of what there is to give away when somebody passes away, what the, uh, what the obligations are that they're going to have when they pass away that are still remaining, maybe a mortgage, credit card debt, things like that, and then who they want things to go to and how much they want everyone to get. And then also whether something gets uh, given away in kind, meaning do they actually give the real estate or sometimes we recommend that real estate be sold because it's easier to give away money than it is to give away real estate, especially if you have more than one heir. Because let's imagine you have three kids. What will be the first questions to, what will be the first question you will ask the person that comes to get a will written? So if somebody tells me that they have a house and they want to give it to three children, the very first question I ask is, do your children get along? <laughs> and then the next question I'm going to ask is, do any of your children live in the house? And typically I'll get an answer that one child lives there and the other two don't. And then I'll say, well, if you leave the house to three children, the other two that aren't living there will probably have a problem with the one that's still there because they're not able to share in the, in the value of the asset. It also would require the person who's living there, they would have to make sure the other heirs would have to make sure that that one person living there is paying all the bills, is keeping the house up. And then the question is, okay, are they paying rent to the other two children? So in a situation like that, I generally recommend, unless the kids really, really get along well and there are no issues among them, I recommend that the house be sold, that the, that the money go into what I call the pot, which is called the residuary estate, and then it's easier to give away money than it is to give a house to three people. So when that will is written, who will be in charge 
of that will when the par- person passes away? So every will that, that a lawyer prepares, that I prepare, names an executor or an executrix. An executor is the male, is a male version. Uh, an executrix is the female. And that person is in charge of making sure that whatever is in the will takes place. Uh, that's the person that's in charge of probating the will, taking it to the register of wills and starting the process um, to get the estate settled and distributed and taxes paid and debts paid um, and just making sure that everything that the will says um, is, that it says is going to happen. It's going to get implemented. Correct. So why would one want to create a trust? So there are several reasons. Um, one of the reasons is for tax purposes, um, to minimize taxes to whoever the heirs are going to be. Uh, you also might have to create a trust if, one of the, if any beneficiary is under 18 years of age because no person under 18 years of age can inherit directly. So what you have to do is you have to uh, establish a trust within the will, potentially, um, that holds the money for the money or the property for the child until designated times when there might be distribution or would be distribution to the children. For instance, um, I just had somebody come in yesterday and he wants to leave something to his daughter. But then we also have to make provisions for what happens if the daughter predeceases him, if the daughter dies before him. The daughter has a child who at this point is 14 years old. So if she were to die today, um, hopefully not, um, then we would have to make provisions for a trustee to hold the assets for the child until the child reaches majority or 18. And so we were discussing you know, whether or not he thinks that the child should be to get anything when the child's 18. And then we started laughing because he said, well, you know, my child at 18 has no idea what he's going to do. I don't, th- I don't trust him at 18. So we're going to make it 25 as the first age that he gets something. Okay. And from what I understand, you do write wills, but you do not write trusts. But you can embed a trust in a will, correct? Right. I don't write separate trusts. I do embed trusts in wills. That is correct. Okay. How often should one review their will? A will should be reviewed, or the process should be started, as I said, when, when there's an asset. A will should be reviewed when there's a life change. For instance, you make up a will when your children are minors. The will does certain things. At some point, hopefully, your children will reach 18 or get older. Well, they won't, have, they won't need the same protections in the will when they're adults. If you get a grandchild... You may want to leave something to the grandchildren. So that would be another event that would, might cause you to revise your will. So, you know, one of the favorite documents of the um, realtor is the addendum. Can you do an addendum to a will? So an addendum to a will is called a codicil. And um, in the days when we used typewriters, it was, you would do a codicil instead of retyping the will. It was just an addendum to the will. Nowadays... If someone comes back to me to change their will, their will's in, their, it's in my computer. And that way, instead of having attachments to a will, I just rewrite the will. And it, it doesn't cost as much because I have all the basic information there. I'm just making a slight change. And it's my opinion that you don't want addendums to documents. It's better to have one document with no addendums. Got you. 
Jay, this was so informative. Thank you so, so much. Can you please tell us how we can contact you, your phone number and your email address? My phone number is 215-549-2525. My email address is the letter J, K, I, V as in Victor, I, T as in Thomas, Z as in Zebra, at kivitzlaw.com. So it's K-I-V-I-T-Z-L-A-W.com. Perfect. Thanks a million, Jay. Thank you. Don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and share our podcasts. And send your suggestions. We want to hear from you. The CSJ team with Mary Ellen, Karen, Cecile, the Stellar Choice.